Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Tribe, I am excited to introduce my guest today, host of Pirate Broadcast, Mr. Rush Johns himself. And in addition to bring, being an early pioneer of LinkedIn Live, pioneer, right? We're talking less than a year now, and a podcast host, he has over 30 years of experience creating systems connections, and most importantly, relationships. He is a speaker, a technology consultant, and a mentor. And he is focused on developing strategy and training organizations about broadcasting their brand and building active communities. We're going to dig into that. It's a hot topic right now. This guy knows what he's talking about. And he helps others develop their strategy for being seen, heard, and talked about. But he's a lot more than that. Like me, he is a connector. He lives on that. And he inspires others to be their best. And him and I, we connected the old-fashioned way by talking. We got on a call, we chatted it out. We're like, dude, we got a lot in common here. We're on, we're on the same wavelength. And he invited me to be on Pirate Broadcast, on Pirate, um, on the Pirate Broadcast, I should say. We had a great chat a couple of weeks ago. It was awesome. And I was like, dude, got to get you on the podcast. Rush Johns, welcome to the podcast. Adam, 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 happy day. And uh, thank you so much. All the gratitude in the world for being here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Awesome. Good stuff. So a lot of my tribe, they may not know you too well, right? And if they're looking on video, they're like, who sure. is this dude? He looks like he's a mad scientist in his workshop. <laughs> but let's peel it back. 30 years of experience is a lot. You've been there. You've seen it. You've seen it all back in the days before computers. I'm not trying to make it sound old here, man. But like there was a day when shit got done without all this technology. So let's take it back a little bit to kind of, you know, bring my tribe up to speed real quick. You know, where'd you come from to where we are now, man? Yeah. Well, I, I, I literally started in advertising in 1985. And if you recall back in 85, for those of us that are vintage enough to go back to 85, the housing market, the construction, everything was kind of in, a, in the tank. And uh, I was actually a musician. I played music and, and I was a drummer. And I got involved in outdoor advertising as a result of uh, – because I was, I always grew up in construction, you know, I was involved in the construction field and, and building and, and things like that. And I always did that on the side. And my side hustle was construction as I was a musician to, you know, keep myself out of trouble. And, uh, but the thing was, is in 85, things went south and I was, I just, you know, I just needed to something. And a buddy of mine says, Hey, we're, we need some help in the advertising business. So I, I went and ventured down in there. And, Why not and, try it, right? Nothing else. Yeah. Give it's it like, a shot. Yeah. And then in 87, I fell three stories off a billboard. Oh, man. And shattered my arm. I, uh, I grabbed a hold Jeez. of the ladder on the way down, broke eight rungs of aluminum ladder on the way down, slowed me down, you know. Kept... And, uh, my drumming career was a little bit, um, you know, delayed. You know, changed a little bit. And after two years of rehab and reconstruction and, you know, challenging circumstances, they saved my arm. And, um, and so I w went ahead and 
that got me into technology. So I became the safety director for the company. So so you you couldn't be out in the workforce. So like, let's put you behind a desk and they made you the safety guy. Yeah. Like this guy knows the opposite of safety and he learned the lesson the hard way. (laughs) I know exactly what gravity can do. (laughs) So yeah, speaking from experience, right? I mean, I mean, life is, you know, life is a series of experiences we learn from, you know, good or bad. The challenges are the lessons, you know, it's really, really part of the equation. It's like when you look at it from a, an experience and education perspective, it's a lot easier. It's like, okay, that didn't work out exactly the way I anticipated. And you have to really think back on, you know, those times that you were like, because I've been in some dark times, man. I mean, it's like when, when you're going into surgery and you think, I may not come out with an arm. Right. That's crazy shit. Yeah. Or when you're actually falling three stories and you're thinking, that's been great. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, you, you learn to appreciate the gift of life. And I think that's really why I, you know, uh, my, I use the hashtags kindness is cool. Smiles are free all the time. And I really, I really truly do mean that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I believe in a hundred percent. And that, and that, and that comes through, man. So 1986 advertising market, you took a fall. Now you're behind a desk, right? But you're in the, you're in the industry, man, working safety there. How did, how did technology kind of come into play there and, and bring everyone back there? Think about technology in 1986, man. I mean, we're talking DOS prompt, green screen. Yeah. Early Commodore 64s there, these big yeah. mega behemoth printers that took up a whole room there. So how did technology start to play into your life? Well, I'll tell you, I'll walk you down the path because it's, it's, it's fascinating to me is, is that as in 1985, fall protection programs and ocean, all of that stuff wasn't quite what it is today. And so I was, I was directed to write fall protection programs, a safety program and everything else for the, for national organizations. And so I, I proceeded that. And in order to do that, I needed to have word processing, you know, formatting, so I started learning computers and I got on the computers and I started learning. And then a project came up as I was finishing that a project came up and they were on a system. They were on an IBM system 36, an old mainframe mid mid frame is what they call it. They and half a conference room. Yeah. And <laughs> they were, well, they were going from uh, mainframe to client server. So I said, Hey, uh, that sounds like something I want to do. So I, I self taught myself. I taught myself, Word, I taught myself Excel, uh, Windows, NT, server management, and then I became the safety director. I, I changed from the safety director to be the IT director. Wow. So I, I transitioned to IT and then built out the network. And uh, I was working for the Seattle Sonics and, and uh, radio and television broadcasting and outdoor, outdoor advertising for the Ackerley Group out of Seattle. Uh, and I did that and I worked my way up to the corporate ladder until they were acquired by Clear Channel in 2002. So. Were you always on the technology side or are you doing any creative? Oh yeah. I, I helped uh, actually convert the billboard industry from hand painted billboards into large format printing and, and some of the creative processes that went through that, the tools, the acquisition, the bandwidth and all of those things that, you know, allows people right now to actually do digital, digital the uh, that doing. advertising. 
So all the kiosks, all of the things, the advertising, I was actually part of a program that schedules all of those things in, you know, 90% of the world is, is this program that we worked on. Oh, for a couple of years to develop the scheduling program for the, for the industry. So all the, the, the bus sides, the kiosks in the airport, the billboards, all the interactive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how long did it go up? Who saw it? What's the traffic? All of that stuff. So you had the uh, metrics on it as well. You had the measurements. You're able to really, you know, get the ROI on that. That's crazy. So looking back, I mean, listen, you've been in, you've been tech savvy, you know, since, since the dawn of time, right? Like you've always been about that. So when new platforms come out, for example, LinkedIn, LinkedIn Live and all that, you were an early adopter and, and you knew that you had to test and learn, experiment and really be at the cutting edge. Oh, Absolutely. So let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's jump back a little bit there too. So, you know, you have your career there. When, when did you decide to say, you know what, I'm done with corporate America, time to go out on my own and do my own thing? Well, after 2002, I actually ended up getting divorced and 18 year marriage and 15 year career <laughs> kind of evaporated about the same time frame. Right. And so, and, and so I took, I took a sabbatical and went, through and I started a company. That's when, that's about the time when I started Next Step Next, which is the agency I still have now. And the whole idea, then I started taking um, people that were doing web development and I would do projects. I did one for the state of Washington. I, you know, these large database projects and I would just bring people together and then manage that, that as a project. And so the creative process was always part of it. And then I started doing web design and, and building websites in 2007, around 2006, 2007. And then I, I was doing, uh, I was still doing music and creating music on technology uh, for uh, uh, radio stations and commercials and things like that and, and uh, short indie films. Cool. So, so that kept me in the music industry and the technology field. So it was a kind of crossover. And, and so I did that until probably 2005. And then I was recruited again to be, a, uh, to manage some projects for another organization, which lasted from 2005 to 2010. So, but. Yeah, and, and then you, you went out and launched your own agency and what was kind of the, what was the premise behind it? What kind, I mean, listen, you've worked for, you've worked for somebody for many, many years and now you're running your own shop here. Uh-huh. What was your mission? What was your goal? Who was your audience? Who did you want to work with? Uh, my whole goal, Adam, is really focused on, I want to work with interesting people doing interesting things. So if, and I've started uh, a number of different startups, you know, and helped them organize strategy and things like that. And I still have a few in the works right now. And so, uh, my whole goal is to bring people together, organize them for projects, and then develop a project and, and see how far we can take it, then then move on. Uh, the other side of the equation, though, is um, like I was doing, like when I was in Houston, I was actually doing, uh, I was streaming live from high school varsity sports to AM radio. Interesting. Yeah. And that was okay. back in 2000. The real local market shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Real, real mo- local market. Yeah. Like there was probably nothing else, you know, how else are they going to watch it? Like they, they're not on TV. No. They can listen to it and follow their kids or follow their, you know, their, their local team. 
and and that's how I got into podcasting really is when I was doing broadcasting and then I was using a, a platform called Spreaker that allows you to record live and then I would pick it up at the radio station and rebroadcast that stream out to the towers so it was real AM radio so I was using internet technology to broadcast live radio so let's just pause let's just pause there for a minute cuz I want everyone to really understand how much of a pioneer that Russ is here Right. Like this isn't like someone like me who literally I, I just said before we went on air, I just got LinkedIn live last week and I'm trying to figure shit out like Russ gets it. But he's also thinking not just about the technology, which we can certainly dig in a lot deeper to, but thinking about the reach, thinking about the audience and thinking about how to really get the right message out um, to people in the right way. So let's kind of pivot a little bit. And in this day and age, everyone and their mother has a podcast. Everyone and their dog has a podcast. Everyone's coming out there. So. Someone comes to you and say, hey, Russ, I want to start a podcast. What's the first question that they should actually ask themselves to really ensure that a podcast is right for them? Well, the first question you have to ask is, what is your goal? What is your strategy behind having any kind of media content, uh, marketing, anything? Is, is how can you develop the story, the journey, and the outcome for this piece of content? Because when you create content, and I've created, I mean, a ton of content, and I love creating content. And, and, and a lot of what I do is, is create content to see what, will, what it will do and what kind of an impact I can make on it. So going back to the podcast question, the podcast, a lot of people think that it's going to be a short game and a big win because they invite a big guest onto the show. And, and all of a sudden, you know, that big guest is going to announce that they've been on this podcast right. and all of a sudden traffic's going to go up and, you know, those skies going to open up and angels and unicorns are going to fly around and, you know, life is going to be good. Podcasting is a long game. Podcasting is relationship building. Podcasting is, taking your time and having something to say that is meaningful to you, not, not the people you're interviewing. Yeah, guys, it's so interesting that you say that too, because when I, when I launched my podcast, and I have a, you and I have talked about my clear mission here, and, and you know, I'll repeat it again, my mission here, my network is my net worth, and my podcast is my canvas to showcase folks like yourself, to introduce you to my audience, to tell your story, to add value and add actionable insights, which we're going to get into in a little bit. And mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, man. Like I kind of had that misnomer at first where I was like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to book a couple of these big name guests early. They have followers. They're going to announce it. My, but am I, am my listenership's going to go up incredibly? That was a swift kick in the junk, man. It's yeah. Been a, listen, it's an anomaly to have a couple of these podcasters out there that, that fly, that's, that fly through the roof immediately. There's a lot of luck. And a lot of other factors, which you're not going to really dig into, people figure it out, they hack the system, they have other promotional ways to do it. Sure. But for the average Joe, right, for the average Joe, it takes a lot of work to build an audience, build a tribe, and build a community. And you've been doing this for a long time. So let's talk about building that audience and community. What are some of your key tips into really building an engaged tribe? Well, you said it in the, in the question. The thing that you really need to focus in on is engagement. I mean, if you're just one-sided conversation, who, nobody wants to be lectured to, nobody wants to be, uh, you know, yelled at, nobody, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, the infomercials, <laughs> the <wrong laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, hey, job. You know, yeah. yeah, people right now are savvy on, on social media. And the analogy I use is, is that, you know, you plant seeds, 
And just like, just like trees growing or your garden growing, it takes patience. It takes, you know, you have, you have to water these and nurture these plants and these seeds that you put out there. And there have been literally businesses, Adam, that I've connected with for over a year, almost two years. And, you know, it's not a matter of if they need my services. It's a matter of when they need my services. Because I believe two things. Everybody needs to be somewhere on, on a digital footprint for the real estate. You know, you have to have a presence in order to validate that you're actually in yeah, business. Social proof. And then also you have to start creating content that is, is meaningful and creates value because all things being equal, the person that's out there producing the results and creating value are the ones that are going to get noticed in, in the marketplace. Right. You know, the garden is, is planting your seeds and then watching them grow. And you have to continue to nurture that engagement. You know, you have to engage both directions. Right. Absolutely. But what do you say to people? Like, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of these talking heads, a lot of these quote unquote gurus that are saying you need to be posting multiple times on everything, but you need to have something to say that adds value, right? So let's just say you're somebody who may not be a thought leader. You may not have, what kind of advice would you give them to start to build that social presence and, and start to think of thought starters to really put themselves out there? Well, you know, one good strategy is, is uh, and one thing that I, I've seen really work well because of podcasting is, is you know, think of, of if you're in an industry, you could think of parallel industries that complement and support each other. Like, say, like a general contractor in construction. You know, if you could bring a roofer on or a plumber on and you talk about the challenges people need to look out for or like an in insurance industry, you know, you could actually talk about what are your risks, what are your liabilities and things like that. And it's educating people through somebody else's talent. You know, it's like you just need to moderate it just like you're doing here. You know, you're doing the exact same thing. Adam's here sharing valuable information from people that he's met and engaged with and built a relationship with. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're the resource that are bringing all of this value to the table. So you're going back. And then also, once you have a piece of content, then it's a matter of taking that piece of content, breaking it up in a couple of different formats, and then repurposing that content again and again. So it's all right. It's the, the, the pyramid right? model. Yep. Yeah. And, it, and it's a matter of, it's like, because we only have a, a brief second of attention and the people, you know, one of the challenging things that or people need to get past is this podcast is seen by a few people at one time and it takes multiple instances for this podcast to get out in circulation. Yep. So it actually creates its own momentum, you know, and, and, and you get to a certain point. It's just like LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you know, until you get to 5,000 people, 5,000 connections, you, it takes a little while to build momentum, you know, on your connections and your feed. So there's, there's the whole purpose of engage, re-engage, share, and reshare. Right. And do it with intention and add value, right? Like, I, can't, I mean, not to go off on a tangent, man, but like, you know, you see people all over LinkedIn commenting for the sake of commenting, right? Writing like, cool, agree, great story. And what is that doing, right? Like, what is that doing? What kind of value is that going to bring? People fail to take advantage of the opportunity. If you're engaged in somebody who's got a lot of followers and a lot of activity, 
take advantage of that attention stream to talk about your point of view and add value at the same time, right? Be yeah. a thought leader within that. That's what's going to stimulate conversation. I mean, listen, we see it's transparent. When you see people commenting on your stuff or others agree, great story. What is it? What kind of value is that bringing? That's not the right way to do it. No, that's, that's, that's skimming the surface. And I'm not going to lie to anyone and say, hey, this is easy. You know, it's easy, like sliced bread or anything like that. I'm going to say social media doesn't change the, the value and the opportunity for relationship building. It just changes the way that we transport and make connections. And, and here's the thing is now instead of being as far as you can drive in a day or fly in a day, it's how far, how many connections can I make over Zoom session? You know, how many connections can I make by broadcasting on a LinkedIn Live? How many connections can I nurture as a result of making thoughtful conversation and asking great questions? Yeah, that's an interesting one, too, because I get a lot of connection requests, and I'm sure you do as well. And I don't accept every single one of them. If I, two reasons. One, if I see somebody is being blatantly, uh, like it's going to be a sales message right away, and it's not relevant, and you see it, and your finger's right about to hit that connect button, you know, and, and you kind of you sense that. But in the same breath, I also like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I like to say, you know what, you know, let me connect with you. Let me see what you are going to say. And let me see how we could, you know, add value um, to each other. For someone kind of new to the platform, what kind of advice would you give them to really help them uh, grow and connect at a meaningful scale? Are you, are you speaking specifically of LinkedIn? Correct. Yeah, so, so LinkedIn, there's a couple of things that you really uh, can do early on in order to make connections. And, and the first thing you want to do is find people that are in alignment with what your goals are. And this goes back to the original point of, of build a strategy on where you want to travel. Think of it as a journey. Think of it as a journey. If you take your strategy and you say, I want to go from point A to point B, understand where point B is, and then find people that can actually uh, assist and support or collaborate with you on that journey. And then the first thing you do is go look at their profile, start making thoughtful comments and replies and like some of their comments so you, you could get Build an interaction with them. Mm -hmm. And then once you have an interaction with them over time, then they'll start responding in messages, send them a DM and say, hey, I really like your comments. I like your, what your, your posts are doing. I, I was inspired by this. And make it personal. Make it just like, hey, a compliment is a compliment, you know, to take the time to actually comment on their stuff before you send a connection request. And, that's interesting. And that, that 10x is your value of your relationship right off the bat. Yeah, no. Because I, they've I, recognized you in the, in the feed. You've made comments. Another thing that is really powerful, and I've been using this, I think you're, you're on this as well, is, is uh, a dub, uh, the dub app. No, what's it's a dub video. App? I can drop a video in and a message in. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, like I did for you, right? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I've been doing the video. I've been doing the audio, which I think is a huge game changer. Yeah, absolutely. But I haven't done the video. But let me just bring my audience up to speed here. When I was engaging with Ross to get on his show and to set that all up, he sent me a whole custom personalized contact stream. Not only thank, not only like scheduling me on his show, but it was personalized and thanking me for for being part of it. That goes a long way. And and Russ is a big proponent of marketing automation and some other parts too. And I really urge everyone listening here 
to take the time to figure out the right time and place to automate for two reasons. One, you know, for, for authenticity and two is for, um, you know, consistency and, and efficiency. Ross, you're killing it with that. And I, and I applaud you for that. So what are, what are some trip tick, what are some tips and tricks here to get people started on the automation tip? Well, first rule of thumb is only automate what you can delegate. And the reason I say that is because nobody has your brain, your voice, your tone. And so keep control and maintain your conversations to the degree that you can keep and maintain your conversations. And like signing up for a list or getting on your podcast or getting uh, signing up for a, ne a newsletter or downloading a program, some of that, all of that stuff can be automated because you can delegate it. And then, automate with the idea that you're going to build a team from that. So if you can actually have a strategy where, you know, like after I do a pirate broadcast, all the automation is in place where I actually take the audio file, I download it from StreamYard, I, I, I put it up to a phonics, which uh, balances the audio and it goes at, you know, the right tone for, uh, so it's all my podcasts are the same volume as they go out on the stream and then it sends that audio file over to Spreaker and it automatically does that with the description. And then I take that uh, transcription. I have it set up to do a transcription and then my VA, my admin, she takes the uh, transcription, the podcast and the video feed from YouTube because I'm streaming to YouTube as well. And then puts that in a post on rustjohns.com. And so typically I can get all of that done in the same day. So in the morning, 7 a.m., I'll do the show. And by noon, 1 o'clock, I'll have that episode up on the, pot, on the post. And then I have it automated to where if you sign up for notifications, you'll get notified that day that there's a new episode. And let's pause here for a minute because everyone thinks that this sounds nice and easy, but this took time to set up and this took process and trial and error. So, you know, Russ could, actually, could figure out how to make this work pretty efficiently too. And, and I'll tell you something on a side note. I've really enjoyed my process looking back. I, I'm recording episode 50 this week of the show. I'm doing a live uh, a video um, with my guest and I enjoyed the process and figuring out the trials and tribulations and what works, testing and learning and, and figuring out the process the yeah. production process, the promotional process, and getting a show from what we're doing now, recording it, to being on the air a few weeks later. It's, it's pretty awesome. So let's switch gears from a little bit. LinkedIn sure. Live. Overall, do you think that everybody should have access to LinkedIn Live or should it be selective? Uh, I think LinkedIn Live is not for everyone. And, and the reason I say that is because... Uh, you know, depending on your strategy, uh, if, if your strategy, I think everybody should have a video strategy and LinkedIn Live is a different animal because uh, the, the way to build a real community with live broadcasting is you have to kind of have a set schedule and a consistent post. Like if you're going to do it once a week or twice a week, I recommend you do it at the same time every every time. People know where to look to when it's so. Coming. So people expect and understand where you're going to show up and how you're going to show up. If you're just doing a live, like hey, I want to do like I used to do two minute tips, you know, 
it's like I, I just riff off at the end of the day and and so people would have it the next day and 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 it's a different strategy you know same technology almost but I would record it and I'd put some edits in there and and then it was a little bit more production heavy than live but live requires you to have a little more uh balance on your systems and your strategy and your automation to really make it, I, I think, efficient for most people. Yeah. I mean, I'm experimenting with it now. I'm only, I was telling you off air, I'm a, I'm a weekend now and I'm trying to figure out my plan and my timing. And it's also hard too, because you have to get your guests on a, on, a, on a consistent schedule. So I'm kind of winging it right now from a schedule standpoint, but the approach I'm taking is twofold. Primarily right now, I'm going back to my first 50 guests and having them back on for a very impromptu kind of, where are you now? catch up status. What are you up to? What do you got going on for 2020 yeah. planning and give some real actionable tips on things that they've learned, um, you know, in the past week or two. So that's kind of my approach um, to LinkedIn live. So I want to bring it home here with a couple of questions. Um, but first, everyone's talking about personal branding right now. And it's a buzzword. It's an expression. When someone says personal branding to you, what does that mean, Russ? Yeah, I, I don't. <sighs> personal branding is one of those things that, you know, I believe everybody has a gift. Everybody has a message and, and some people are brave enough and courageous enough to share it. Right. You know, people that are doing broadcasts like this are you're, you're taking the initiative to actually investigate with curiosity and understand what that gift is. Right. The, the challenge though, in personal branding is, you know, I think, I think it gets a little convoluted when they, they think outside of themselves. If you are who you are, your reputation will take care of itself. And I, and I think if you attempt to be a brand or you attempt to step outside of yourself, there's a lot of in, inconsistency in the messaging and what really comes out. And it, it doesn't come across as being effective or, you know, really authentic. authentic. And I think people, I think people are trying to be something else. You know, they're trying to be that third base for some Instagram influencer when in reality they need to actually be themselves. Do you think there's a lot of bad advice right now out there where people are saying that you need to build these big, huge personal brands? I mean, is it, is it kind of like fake optics here? Yeah, I, I, I think there is a lot of confusion around uh, what is necessary to succeed. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying everybody needs to have a college degree to be successful. And, you know, that's not necessarily the case. You know, you don't necessarily have to do what others believe that you need to do. And I think the same thing with personal branding and, and messaging in general is like the closer you can become your own individual thinker. And, you know, cause some people like, the audio piece of the puzzle. Some people like writing stories and journaling and, and being out there with right. words, words, images, audio, or video. You know, you have a choice and you don't need permission. That's the beauty of where we live right now Just is do whatever it, feels good for you. Yeah. You, you find your voice. And if once you find your voice, if you want to broadcast it, then brand authentically. That's a big if one. You, if you want to, if you want to support others in their journey, help others, lift others up, and you'll you'll always, 
you know, high tide raises all boats, right? Love it. Yep. So, so find out where, what brings you joy and lose, you lose time with, you know, if you're, if you're doing something in the day, you're saying, wow, I can't believe it's been three hours. You know, you're doing something that you kind of gravitate toward. Yeah. You're onto something here. So Russ, you bring, you bring a world of advice and, and you've, you've been there and you've kind of done that, but what is the single greatest piece of advice that you have received that you take action on daily? Um, do what you love from my dad. Keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, man. And what he's you- 91 and he has dementia right now. So it's like, I'm I, now I'm, I'm helping him out. So he helped me out. I'm helping him Psycho out. Life. And what did you, what did your dad do for a living? What did he do to put food on the table for you? Well, <laughs> ever since I was five years old, he'd pull out, we'd go do construction. So we did laid out a lot of buildings, it's- worked, poured a lot of concrete did a lot of construction, built several houses together and, and uh, right work ethic and teaching you how to yeah, serious work ethic and take responsibility. You know, people are going to live in that and they're going to work in it and you got to do it the right way. And that's, I think a lot of that is lost these days is found this foundation, this foundation of, you know, how to build the right way from the beginning. And I hope a lot of that comes back. And I know I'm trying to teach my kids by example. Yeah. Russ, well, and, there are a lot of opportunities when I was growing up that may not be available today, you know, uh, and it's unfortunate in some circumstances, you know, the first money I ever, Adam, the first money I recall making was when I was about five years old, pushing a broom on a construction site and the owner came up and, and gave me $5. It's like, it changed my life. It's like, wow, I can work. And I can get paid for this. <laughs> wow. I mean, I can't, geez, I can't even remember. That's crazy, man. And, and Russ, you know, you have so many accomplishments and so many things to kind of hang your hat on. Like if you were going to pin it on one, you know, one thing, you know, what would you say right now, your greatest professional accomplishment? Oh, professional accomplishment. Um, uh, Right now, I'm really excited about the pirate broadcast because I'm I'm getting I'm getting people. Uh, well, one of my favorite my favorite accomplishments was uh, I was project manager yeah. for installing wireless on the Seattle ferry system, state of Washington ferry system across the water. That was a pretty big deal. It was a big project and lots of fun. However, right now in the creative space. Uh, it was, it's really bringing me a lot of gratification and joy to highlight people on the pirate broadcast and make sure that, you know, people realize that you could start from nothing and grow something right now. You could start from anywhere and increase and improve what you're doing. And I've spent 30 years developing systems and, and testing automation and building these things and putting them together in a way that allow you to accelerate what you're doing and, and bring that together. You know, I, I reached out, uh, somebody contacted me, you know, and they say, Hey, we got this thing with NASCAR going on. Do you think you could help us out? It's like NASCAR. It's like, <laughs> you know, random things, random things. Universe, man. World. Yeah. And, it's, it's coming back to you. What and you it's say? amazing. But it's amazing. Come back. And, and Russ, last but not least, right. You, you, you've been through it, man. And you've had your good times and your bad times. When you need to look down deep inside and pull yourself up when shit's not going right. And in turn, you know, when things are going right and you need to show gratitude, Rush Johns, what is your North Star? 
Kindness is cool. Love is the answer. When all else fails, love is the answer. And Adam, yeah. sometimes you're the only one that you can love. <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one that loves yourself. I mean, I think that that happens too. Um, awesome. Rush Johns, I can't thank you enough. I, I love the relationship that we're building, the synergy that we could cross an entire country, have conversations, build momentum, build relationships, and build synergy. And I appreciate you, Russ. Folks, w- w- Russ, where can folks connect with you? RussJohns.com. Yeah, Pirate Broadcast, everybody. I, I want you all to check it out. And, and how often do you do this? Daily? Every morning? Every weekday? Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Arizona time. Because 7 a.m. at Arizona, they don't have daylight savings. So sometimes it's mountain standard. Sometimes it's specific. So... I love it. Rush Johns, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's, it's always a pleasure, Adam, awesome. connecting. Awesome. And uh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for coming on. And everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Please follow us on all the social media links, chant links below. Click subscribe, comment, share. We love it. Remember, take your online offline. Thank you for joining us and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.